Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Joshua Heller. Today we're studying Masechet Eruvin, Dach Samavav 66. And we're looking today at a question of relinquishment of rights. So if you were eligible to join in an Eruv in a courtyard or enclosed area, but you didn't, you ruin things and invalidate the Eruv for everyone else. And once the Sabbath starts, you can't then join the Eruv, but under some circumstances, you can take one for the team, so to speak, relinquishing your right to the common area, and thereby make it okay for everyone else who did join the Eruv to carry. So we'll start today by talking about a non-Jew who lives inside the Eruv area. As we've mentioned, the sages tried to make it difficult to create an Eruv in an area where Jews and non-Jews live together because they wanted to discourage Jews from living mixed with non-Jews. Now, they expressed that issue primarily in terms of physical safety rather than assimilation, but we can guess that both were on their minds. But, in classic fashion, they offered a loophole. One Jewish resident can lease the rights to carry from the non-Jewish resident, and then when that Jewish resident joins the Eruv, that right is then shared by all. And this idea of Shchirat Rashut is still relevant in contemporary Eruvin. An individual makes this arrangement with the appropriate civil authority and then shares that right with all the other residents. Now this gets trickier if the non-Jew was not present before Shabbat and only arrives on the Sabbath itself. Our primary focus on this daf is three situations or three principles that are enumerated by the sage Shmuel as to when this idea of bitul works. The first thing he says is, in any place where the residents would restrict each other, or they can make an Eruv, this relinquishment of permission is acceptable and will work. When you have a situation where the residents of an area would restrict each other from carrying, and a simple example would be two homes that open into a common courtyard, the resident of each home restricting the courtyard to the other, they could have created an Eruv before Shabbat. Then, Beetle will work. One can relinquish his or her rights, and the other can then carry in that area. The trickier case is, Me'arvin ve'en osrin, ein mevatlin. So, Me'arvin ve'en osrin. If they could make an Eruv, but they do not forbid each other, do not restrict the other, then this idea of beetle relinquishment of rights doesn't work. And the classic example of this would be two separate courtyards, A and B, that are next to each other and that each have their own exit but also have a door between them. The residents of these two courtyards could have joined together to create a common area if they wanted, but if they didn't join their areas together, then relinquishing rights doesn't help because even if the residents of courtyard A relinquish their rights, the residents of Courtyard B don't have any right to Courtyard A. This is expressed in another way by a statement of Shmuel we're going to see in a moment, 
which is brought to support this view. Aim of atlin mi le chatzer. The residents of one courtyard can't relinquish their rights to the residents of another courtyard, another chatzer. But what if the residents of one courtyard have the rights to another, but not vice versa? That's what happens when you have two courtyards, an inner and an outer, where the only access to the inner courtyard is through the outer courtyard. The residents of the inner courtyard have a right to the outer courtyard because they have a right of passage, drisat haregel, literally their feet can travel between. But the converse is not true. The residents of the outer have no rights in the inner. This situation would seem to be covered by Shmuel's first statement, me'arvin ve'osrin. But it's not so simple because the isur, the restriction, only goes one way. The residents of those courtyards could make an eruv, and they do restrict each other because there are shared property rights. The right of passage of the residents of the inner through the outer does have the effect of restricting. It would therefore seem that the residents of the inner courtyard, if they did not join, could relinquish their right of passage, and thereby allowing the residents of the outer courtyard to have an eruv for themselves. Rava, however, tries to limit Shmuel's statement by bringing in another statement of Shmuel, We can't cancel or relinquish rights between the residents of one courtyard and the residents of another. And he explains this in terms of inner and outer courtyards. Let's say that the residents, most of them, have created an Eruv together with the meal for the Eruv focused or located in the outer courtyard. A resident of the inner courtyard who didn't join the Eruv can't relinquish his rights to the residents of the outer, where the Eruv is located. And a resident of the outer courtyard can't relinquish his rights to the residents of the inner courtyard, who also have rights in the outer courtyard. And so therefore, in that case, you are stuck, and rights cannot be relinquished, and there is no way to fix the Eruv. On the other hand, if the Eruv, if the meal that makes that everyone has joined together in, is located in the inner courtyard, there's a little bit more hope. A resident of the inner courtyard who relinquishes his rights still doesn't help the members of the outer courtyard, because after all, he can't relinquish his rights to them. But if a member of the inner courtyard relinquishes his rights, he never really had rights in the inner courtyard anyway, so that Eruv is valid within itself. Rav Huna challenges this limitation because he doesn't interpret Shmuel's principle in this way. He says, if someone didn't join the Eruv, let him relinquish his rights to the members of his own courtyard, and then, since they have already shared rights with the members of the other courtyard, the members of the other courtyard are okay by default, and the Eruv stands. Oh, and there's one last case of Shmuel's that we forgot to talk about. That last case is Osrin ve'ein me'arvin, ein mevatlin. There are two residents who restrict each other, but can't make an Eruv. This brings us back to the situation that began our daf. This is a case of two residents who restrict each other because they have shared access to a courtyard, but can't make an Eruv because the courtyard is shared by a non-Jewish resident who will not join them. And so remember, this non-Jewish resident prevents them from joining the Eruv unless they reach rights from him. So in this case, as long as there is a non-Jew present, the one Jew cannot release his rights, relinquish his rights to the other Jewish resident and thereby make an Eruv possible either. So in summary, if someone didn't join an Eruv in advance, 
they ruin the party for everyone. They invalidate the Eruv for everyone unless they can relinquish their rights. This works well if everyone is in the same courtyard, but if they are in two different courtyards, or if there are those present who cannot participate in the Eruv, then the procedure is much more difficult to pull off. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.